Blog Talk Radio.
everybody that's gathered here tonight, Lord God, to hear what the, what you put on my heart to deliver tonight, Lord God. And I pray that I can deliver it the way that you gave it to me, God, so that your name may get the glory, God. Enlighten everybody that's here tonight, Lord God. Let them hear what I'm saying and let them hear what you're saying in the words that I'm saying. Give them a revelation. Give them a revelation of what you're trying to say on tonight, God. So that we can make some changes together, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Prolific Fire, everybody. It's a special edition of Prolific Fire again on Saturday night. So thank you for joining me on a Saturday night once again. 
I am your humble host, Property Stacy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get right into it for tonight. In honor of Holy Week, God has put something on my heart about what happened to what happened emotionally, what happened to Jesus mentally prior to him getting up on that resurrection Sunday morning. And it makes me wonder, do we really understand what it cost him? I started to think about, do we really understand what it cost him emotionally, cost him mentally? I mean, do we really understand what he went through? Do we really understand what it was like mentally, emotionally? In addition to the physical pain, do we really understand the emotional part, the mental part? Let's talk. Holy Week, before he got up. Let's talk about Holy Week, before he got up. Before he got up on that resurrection Sunday morning. Because we all like to talk about he got up. But let's talk about some of the things that don't get mentioned too often. The things that happened before he got up. Okay, go with me. I want you to imagine being betrayed and still expected to give thanks. Imagine being betrayed and still expected to give thanks. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First Thessalonians 5 and 18. New King James Version. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So it was on the same night that he was betrayed that he was still expected to give thanks. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 24, King James Version. Imagine being filled with so much grief that you literally feel like you're about to die and you haven't even made it to the cross yet. He was filled with so much grief and he hadn't even made it to the cross yet. Then Jesus said to them, said to his disciples, My soul is very sad and deeply grieved, so that I am almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and keep keep awake. Watch with me. Matthew 26, verse 38, AMPC. I'm going to give you scripture for every bit of it. I'm going to give you scripture for every bit of it. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Now imagine confiding in those closest to you. Imagine confiding in those closest to you, telling them what you're going through, how you're hurting, expecting them to at least pray with you. Instead, they fall asleep. Imagine you're hurting, you're really going through something, and you come to me, you come to me, Prophet says, and you tell me what you're going through. You at least expect me to pray with you. 
But how would you feel? Instead of praying with you, I fall asleep. That's what the disciples did. He told them what he was going through. But instead of them praying with him, they fell asleep. Again, then Jesus said to them, to his disciples, my soul is very sad and deeply grieved, so that I am almost dying of sorrow. See, that was him telling them how he was feeling, what he was going through on the inside. Stop thinking that just because a person appears to be okay on the outside, that everything is okay on the inside. We need to stop doing that because the outside appearance can be deceiving. That's why the Bible says that the Lord looks at the heart. He don't really pay much attention to the outward appearance. That's what man does. According to 1 Samuel 16 and 7, the Lord looks at the heart instead because the Lord understands that the outside can be deceiving. Anybody can dress the outside up. So we need to stop thinking that just because a person appears to be okay on the outside, that everything is okay on the inside. Jesus was not okay in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was not okay in the Garden of Gethsemane. As a matter of fact, he was trying to have a mental check-in moment with his disciples. He was trying to have a mental check-in moment with his disciples and let them know how he was feeling. He was trying to have a mental check-in moment, which is good, a good thing for all of us to do. He was trying to have a mental check-in moment with his disciples and let them know how he was feeling, but they fell asleep. Even after he asked them nicely to stay here and keep awake and keep watch with me, they fell asleep. But what did they do? Reading on, this is verse 39. And going a little farther, he threw himself upon the ground, upon the ground, on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and desire. And he came to the disciples, verse 40, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Instead of praying, they were asleep. Just as I said earlier, they fell asleep. This is just a side note. Ever notice how sleepy you become the moment you decide to pray? Have you ever noticed how sleepy you become the moment you make up your mind, you decide to pray. That spirit originated with the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. You see, there's nothing new under the sun. There's a spirit, and it originated with the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. But anyway, he went to them and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, What? Are you so utterly unable to stay awake and keep watch with me for one hour? That's all he wanted was one hour. They couldn't even give him an hour. Jesus had given them so much, and he couldn't even give them one hour. Same with us. Jesus has given us so much, and we can't even give him one hour of our time. We got to do better, y'all. 
We just got to do better. That's Matthew 26, 38 through 40 from the AMPC. I'm calling on your imagination a lot tonight. Now, imagine being on the cross and seeing your family, seeing your mother, seeing your T.T., perhaps your favorite T.T., your favorite aunt, seeing her and seeing your mother, you're seeing their emotions, you're seeing how they're emotionally emotionally struggling with what's happening to you, and you're seeing how what's happening to you is affecting them, how they're emotionally struggling with what's happening to you. But seeing your mother especially, knowing that your relationship with her has to end. Just imagine looking and knowing that your relationship with your mother has to end. That it has to end because your father has given you as a sacrifice to save a people you don't even know yet. And and you think that didn't affect affect Jesus? And you think something like that didn't affect Jesus? Remember, when he was on the cross, he was both man and God. There wasn't a time when he wasn't God, but he was still man when he walked this earth. He was still man, too, when he was on the cross. So he felt what he felt. And you think something like that didn't affect him? Aside from the physical pain, I'm not denying the physical pain of the cross, but aside from the physical pain of the cross, giving up his relationship with his mother had to be the most painful of all the sacrifices Jesus made to save us. He did that to save us. He had to let go of his mother to fulfill his assignment that the Father had gave him to save us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him because he loved the world, because he loved us. He put him in a position to have to give up his mother to save us. Remember, I'm going to use this as a practical example. Remember how George Floyd was on national news crying out for his mother during his last moments of life. I know everybody remembers that. Remember how George Floyd was on national news crying out for his mother during the last moments of his life. Here he was, a grown man, crying out for his mother. There's just something about the bond between a mother and her son. You can't tell me nothing. There's just something about a bond between a mother and her son. I'm sure all the boy moms out there can testify to that. There's just something special about that bond. No wonder the sweat that ran across Jesus' forehead in the garden. The Bible says that it was like drops of blood. And being in agony, agony, and being in agony, he prayed more honestly. He prayed more honestly, being in agony. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he arose from prayer, when he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Okay, in the King in the New King James Version, it says he found them sleeping from sorrow. 
That's Luke 22, verses 44 through 45, New King James Version. He found them sleeping from sorrow, which would mean the disciples felt the heaviness of what Jesus was going through. They felt it. They just they just didn't have the stamina. They just didn't have the stamina. They didn't have the mental strength to stay awake and help him through it. They felt the heaviness of the, the hour, the heaviness of what he was going through, but they didn't have the stamina, the mental strength to stay awake and help him through it. That's what's going on with a lot of y'all. You're going through something, and you're expecting that other person close to you to help you through it. But, beloved, they don't have the stamina. They don't have the mental strength to help you through it. It's too heavy for them. It's too much. Take it to God in prayer. Take it to God in prayer because whatever it is, Jesus has, has already paid a price for it. So go ahead and take it to God in prayer. The decision to really let go of his will and do the will of the Father was that stressful. The decision to let go of his will, it didn't come easy. And to do the will of the Father was that stressful. Jesus paid a price for our sanity by almost losing his own. Jesus paid the price for our sanity by almost losing his own. I hope I'm giving you something to think about on tonight. You know I like to make you think on prolific fire. If you're not new to this platform, new to this ministry, you know I like to make you think on prolific fire. Jesus paid the price for our sanity by almost losing his own. Near the cross of Jesus said his mother, his mother's sister, which would be his aunt, his titi, Mary, the wife of Clovis, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the, to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the Bible says that this disciple took her into his home. He gave his mother over to his his beloved disciple. He gave her up for us. That's John 19, verse 25 through 27, NIV. Last but not least, I want you to imagine dying from a broken heart. Jesus died from a broken heart. It wasn't really what they did to him. It's what we did to him. Jesus died from a broken heart. The spear was thrust through Jesus' side, showing that he was dead from a broken heart. To heal my broken heart, the the spear was thrust through through Jesus' side, showing that he died from a broken heart. To heal my broken heart. To heal your broken heart. So if somebody tonight, you're dealing with something that breaks your heart. You're dealing with grief. You're dealing with divorce. You're dealing with the disobedience disobedience of a child. You're dealing with life struggles, whatever that may be. You're grieving from the loss of a good job or how a family member has been treating you. Whatever you're grieving about, know that that pain has been paid for. 
Jesus died from a broken heart. He died from a broken heart when the spirit was thrust through his side, showing that he died from a broken heart. He died to heal my broken heart and to heal your broken heart. Taking from the book the seven places Jesus shed his blood. That part right there was taken from the book. The seven places Jesus shed his blood by Larry Hutch. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is the word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And that's exactly what Jesus has done. We just have to receive it. In our times of grieving, because I'm learning that grieving is a process that continues on. But in that process, we have to re- we have to learn to receive what Jesus has already done. The outcome is that he died to heal our broken heart. It's already healed. It's already healed. I don't care what you're going through. It's already healed. Jesus died to heal your broken heart. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Luke 4 and 18, New King James Version. Imagine yet again being present at your loved one's funeral, funeral and knowing that they died from a broken heart. Being present, imagine being present at your loved one's funeral, at their home going, and knowing that they died from a broken heart. No other diagnosis, just a broken heart. Now, now imagine that broken heart has something to do with you. How would that make you feel? If you're there at their funeral, there's your loved one laying in the casket. You're there to pay your respects, and you know that they died of a broken heart, and you also know that that broken heart has something to do with you. How would that make you feel? How would that make you feel? So tell me, how can we possibly think of of that? How could we possibly think of that or anything else that Jesus went through? As good. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Good Friday. Yesterday wasn't good for me. Matter of fact, Thursday wasn't good for me. The whole week wasn't good for me. I'll be good when he when he gets to the point where he's getting up. When he done been through everything and he's getting up. Because that's what we're doing this week. We were living all of it. So I'll be glad for in the morning when he gets up. This Friday just don't work for me because there was nothing good about it. And if Jesus is your loved one, like he's my loved one, my family, the same way I wouldn't want to see any of my other family members go through what he went through, I wouldn't feel good about it watching them go through it. How can I feel good about that? How can I wish somebody happy Good Friday? It's Good Friday, y'all. I got a real problem with that because nothing Jesus went through was good on Friday or any other day this week. As for me to only think about how his suffering benefited me, because that's what you're thinking about, how how his suffering benefited you. But as for me, I'm talking about me now. As for me to think about how his suffering benefited me, to me, that's selfish. That is selfish. What about him 
and the price it cost him. All this week I've been crying. I've been before the Lord. I've been staying up with him at night, thinking about what it cost. I just can't be happy about the sacrifice, even though it benefited me. That's selfish. But what did it do to him? I'd be glad when he get up, although he's already up. We reliving it. So at some point in, in reliving this, he has to get up, and I'd be glad when we get to that point. Otherwise, this ain't going to be good. What about him and the price it cost him? Just because he was born for the assignment of the cross. Think about this. Just because he was born for the assignment of the cross and he knew it, that doesn't mean he didn't struggle to accept some parts of it. You you understand that? Think about your own life. You can know something. Know it ahead of time. Holy Spirit can tell you something ahead of time to warn you. Still, when you get in it, it feels like a different situation almost, even though you were warned about it, warned about it, and you saw it coming. That don't mean it didn't hurt you. You just knew about the hurt before it got to you, but it still affected you when it showed up. So just because he was born for the assignment of the cross and he knew it, he knew beforehand, that doesn't mean he didn't struggle to accept some parts of it. Therefore, beloved, we have to learn to love Jesus better, learn to serve him better, because the price he paid in his emotions, in his mental health, was too costly for us to be half-stepping. The price he paid in his emotions, in his mental health, was too costly for us to be half-stepping, to be playing when it comes to him. He went through all of that. Plus, don't leave this out. Plus, they beat him, gambled for his clothes, and left him hanging there, naked, exposed, violated on the cross. They spit on him. For those of you who, who have been abused, any type of abuse, Jesus knows, knows what it feels like to be violated. They violated him on the cross. They spit on him, mocked him, etc. For those of you who have been made fun of in school, they mocked him on the cross. Jesus knows what that feels like. Whatever you're going through, take it to Jesus. Take it to God. He knows. He knows. And it's already been paid for. We have to do better, y'all. That's all I really came to say tonight. We have to do better. We have to love him better. Serve him better. Because he gave us his best. He gave us better. He gave us his all. To the point that he almost lost his sanity to pay for our sanity. Some of us would have been crazy a long time ago if it had not been for the sacrifice of Jesus. Father God, help us do better. Help us to be intentional when it comes to loving him. When it comes to loving your firstborn, when it comes to loving Jesus, help us to serve him better. Amen. This concludes everything God put on my heart to share tonight. That's all I came to Philippi Father to say tonight. We got to love him better, y'all. We got to serve him better. And stop half-stepping and stop playing. So what if others don't want to love him, they don't want to serve him? That's on them. 
If you go to them and you tell them what well, best says, oh, Lord, always make sure you can back it up with Scripture. If you tell them they don't want him, that's on them. But us, the ones of us that know better, we got to learn to love him better, serve him better. If somebody listening to the sound of my voice, if you have a prayer request, be sure to send it in through the website, prolificfire.com. Send it in through the website, prolificfire.com. And I will be sure to get back to you as soon as possible via email. If you feel led to sow tonight into this word, you can do so by going to paypal.me slash prolificfire. Paypal.me slash prolificfire. Or you can use Cash App. It's the ministry's name. The, the dollar symbol in front. The P in prolific is capital. The F in fire is capital. Prolific fire. Or you can go to the website I just mentioned and use your credit card. It's prolificfire.com. Also, be sure, as I just said, to send in your prayer request if you have a prayer request at prolificfire.com. With all of that being said, y'all, I love you. And I will see you Monday night for our usual time together in the Lord. Same night, time, and place. 10 Eastern, 9 Central, 7 Pacific. Call the number 347-426-3782. 347-426-3782. Or you can join us by logging on. If you listen to the podcast but you want to log on on the Internet, you can do so by going to blogtalkradio.com slash prolificfire. All of that will be up on my social media. Whatever social media platform you know me from, it will be up on there. So look for it. But I will see you all Monday night. Say God be the glory. I'm out.